On this week's episode of Circles Off, me and Johnny are going to talk about some horrible, horrible beats that we suffered this past weekend. We're taking your Q&As. We'll talk a little bit about etiquette on airplanes and at the airport. All that and more. This week's Circles Off starts now. Come on, let's go! Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 124. Part of the Hammer Betting Network presented by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I am Rob Pizzola, joined by Johnny from Betstamp. How's it going? Very good, Rob. We got a Q&A show today. We do. But first, episode number 24, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Can't, can't, uh, I mean, there's a couple other 24s I'll mention, but I don't think any as popular as that. I got a Leafs, a Leafs legend, pretty much as legendary as Kobe Bryant in the Maple Leafs space. <laughs> this guy hammered home a bunch of one-timers. <laughs> From number 15, Thomas Caberlet, on the point, over to Brian McCabe, was chased out of town after he scored in his own net in overtime <laughs> against Buffalo. But before then, man, in those back in the days when we were beating up on the Sens, what a ride. Brian McCabe. Brian McCabe, I'll go as far as saying legend. Leafs legend. Leafs legend. Leafs legend. Leafs With that hair, too? Oh, man. Um, yeah, Kobe's the obvious 24. Baseball had a lot of good 24s. Ken Griffey Jr. wore 24. I love Ken Griffey Jr. I'm a left-handed, I'm a switch hitter, but I'm a left-handed bat. And I used to like really try to imitate Ken Griffey Jr.'s iconic stance at the plate. Hey, you swing both ways, eh? I do swing both ways. Manny Ramirez, big 24, man ram. Who else? I don't know many 24s. Chris Chelios. Oh, Chelios. Oh, Kasperi Kapanen. Kasperi <laughs> Kapanen. But you know all the Leaf guys. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch oh, is Lynch. 24. Come on. Beast mode. Yeah. Beast mode. Skittles. Oh, there's probably a bunch of running backs, actually. 2-4. No, it's cor- It's a cornerback number. Well, it was, running backs are 20 to... True. Big. 20 oh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's 24. Chubby. But, uh, yeah, all the, co- the corn Chubb. <laughs> Champ uh, Bailey. Uh, Darrell Revis. Yeah, Revis as well. Who was the Patriots corner? Oh, Gilmore? No, was no, he 24? no. Before that, before that. Early run. Ty Law. Gilmore Ty Law. 24. Oh, Gilmore wore 24. You're right. He did. He did. Wow. Was, didn't he win defensive player? What did he win on Patriots? Super Bowls, bro. Yeah, he did wear 24 in the Pats. All right. And we're going to get into this question and answer. But before we do, I actually have one question for Rob. And that's, Rob, what is your sports book of choice? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Johnny. It would be Pinnacle Sportsbook. The number one sports book in market. Been in business for 25 years for a reason. Everyday competitive odds. Make sure you bet smart. Bet Pinnacle. Your trusted sports book in Ontario. Must be in Ontario. 19 plus. Not available in the U.S. And as always, we preach it all the time. Please play responsibly. If you do sign up for Pinnacle, use code HAMMER. H-A-M-M-E-R for those who can't spell HAMMER. Just want to throw it out there. Use code HAMMER. It does support the show, and uh, we can't pay Zach without the signups. So make sure that you, you do sign up for Pinnacle in Ontario. All right, thank you very much. First question, Rob. This one came in pretty late, but I snuck it into the list here. Okay. And uh, this is, what is professional gambler Rob Pizzola's NFL record year to date? And Rob, the only reason I ask you is I know you suffered what some could only refer to as an absolutely treacherous loss. On Sunday. So I wanted to get into that. First off, how's the season been? And then uh, I'd lo- love to hear your reaction to that horrible beat. Okay, so I'll, I'll pull it up in real time here just so that we can... Uh, my profit loss sheet really quickly because I don't actually know. 
a professional gambler in quotations. I cannot completely understand why someone would think that if they've he's been chirping told- him. By the way, for those who it's, he's not being he's being sarcastic. Well, perf- perfectly honest. The pizza buffet picks the last two weeks have sucked, and in fact, last week in the NFL, week six was a pretty disastrous week, like a crippling week, giving away pretty much most of the season profits. So we're heading into week seven at a 1.8% ROI on the season so far. That's positive. That's green. So that's all you can ask for. It was significantly higher than that going into this week. And who do I have to thank for that? The New England Patriots. First of all, I don't believe in like higher powers and mushes and stuff like I honestly don't. But deep down, there's part of me that's like, what if? And I'm watching the Patriots and the Raiders. Holden Patriots plus three. 19-17, the score. I go to log into my profit loss sheet to see how bad the week is going. And I'm looking at this number. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is, this, we've, we've lost a ton this week. Like, I need this Patriots win back. Now, little did I know that my marker, my partner already marked the Patriots as a loss in the sheet. That's, as a reverse mush. As a reverse mush. That's strike one. <laughs> strike one, he marked it as a loss. Might have had an impact. Strike two, <laughs> we have a telegram chat with all the forward progress creators. Oh. Alex Moretto yeah. comes in there, says, Mac Jones dying to take a safety right now. <laughs> Brutal. And Clev TA immediately responds. He's like, please no, or like, don't say that or something along those lines. Mac Jones throws a ball downfield, like a 40-yard touch pass. Couldn't have thrown a better ball to Devontae Parker. It goes right through his hands. Next play, penalty on the Patriots. Backs him up. Crippler. Next play, not only do they double team Max Crosby, which they did. He runs right around Mike Gesicki like he's not even there. Runs right around the right tackle, might as well not even have been there. Takes Mac Jones down for a safety, lose 21-17. <laughs> Massive loss this week. So, my record for the year, I don't like to think, uh, we've talked about this before. I don't keep track of like wins and losses. At the end of the day, when you're betting, it's about the bottom line. I don't care what the record is. It's 1.8% ROI. It was an abysmal week. Very sorry to hear, Rob. That's a tough way to lose a bet. Last minute safety. I do. I hate to one-up you here if the audience thinks it's a one-up. But I may have actually lost a significantly worse bet. Maybe the worst beat suffered. Okay. Well, I'd like to hear it because I sat in my sheet, seat uh, shaking for about 45 minutes afterwards. <laughs> I still could not believe what I had witnessed. Okay, you know so- when you, you, you think you're, you're like, it's not real? I've suffered bad beats before. I'll take them. Okay, it's let, me, let me just explain something, all right? So listen, that, that Mac Jones safety, I don't think you were watching the game thinking, I won this bet, I have it in the bag. You were probably thinking something along the lines of, please, Mac Jones, do not throw a pick six, do not take a safety, nothing stupid here. Like, just nothing stupid, don't throw a pick six, no safety. Believe and me. arguably a pick six was not going to happen because they may have just slid inbounds. Very possible that they wouldn't have happened. New England had no timeouts left either. So for sure, like to your point, you're right. Like because technically a pick six doesn't end the game. Because if you miss that extra point, then you have to kick off. It's it doesn't end the game. So they would have 
been in slide territory. What Moretto said was what we were all thinking. Don't take a safety. Yeah, like I, in my head, before he even typed that, that's what's going through your head. I, listen, I've been around, I've been betting for 20 years. 20 years. I'm, that's not to like pat myself up. I've, I've been around this game. This is probably not even the worst beat I've ever. There's no, been way no, worse. There's, there's worse beats in that. There's way worse. Like imagine you bet the ge- week two game last year where Nick Chubb could have just went down and ended the game against the Jets. He scores a touchdown, the Jets score a touchdown, they recover onside kick, they win 31-30. Yeah, like, what about that game where... What about the, Miami? What the, about the game where the Ra- the Raiders got the... Uh, I think it was Raiders-Patriots last year. Yeah, when he threw when Chandler oh Jones got the... Mac Jones got... Yeah, no, yes. it, and then Chandler Jones got that touchdown. Of the course. There's, there's, there's so much work. Imagine you bet the Miami Hurricanes money line a couple weeks ago. The game the, is literally game over if the coach just calls... A kneel. It's done. I know. Why would they not kneel? That doesn't make any sense. So there's worse beats. I get it. But I, I, man. Imagine you had Colorado money line and then Schroeder Sanders posted a a merch shop (laughs) link at the half of 29-0 receiving the second half kickoff and they blow the game in double overtime. How about that? Anyways. I digress. We're going to get into what I believe is an, a, a worse beat than that. And I'm not trying to one-up. That's a terrible beat. A safety, tough. You almost would rather lose on a pick six. Like, damn, now I lose by one I point. Just, I would rather lose the game. I would rather the Patriots lose 49 nothing Than lose like that, of course. Than lose like that. No because doubt. I could say, you know what? 100% wrong side. Didn't cap it right. Never had a chance to win. You're never invested in the game. You were invested in that one. You had a chance to cover and Especially win Especially when you're having a bad week. And you, you, can, you can see that. Figure you still ends in a losing week for me, no matter what. But it changes things. That it, it's compounded. So the the this, the sequence of events made it made it a little a little tough. Okay, so I'm gonna get into it right now. All right, I might I might rant a little on this one, but it's it's worth it, guys. Wait for the ending. All right. So now before you you you're gonna get into this, oh why do you even bet on that shit? I'm trying to make money still, trying to win money. Whatever is on the bet, if you can bet it, decent limits, I'll bet it. All right. Misfits boxing, okay? Couple fights over the weekend on Saturday. Number one, Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis. Number two, KSI versus Tommy Fury. Now, again, these are celebrity boxing fights, but because of the magnitude, books are actually taking big money on these fights. Yep. And you can get down a good amount. You can get down more than you can on any of the non-major sports, okay? So this, we're not talking about like, oh, it's a $100 limit, $200 limit, Okay. The, the, the biggest book that was taken on this would have been like a 10 grand limit pop with a rebet. Okay. Overall, going to be wh- what happens is uh, so my, my position was um, basically the way I saw this fight is okay, Dylan Dennis, he's not a boxer. He's not even a good striker in MMA. Hilarious lead up to the fight. <laughs> Absolute incredible promoter. I am actually a fan of both Logan Paul and, and Dylan Dennis in certain ways, but it is what it is. They both. They promote, they hate each other, they go at it. Logan Paul actually trains boxing. He, again, wouldn't even hold a candle up to anyone that's not in like, you know, top 100 WBC, anything like that. However, significantly better than Dylan Dennis. Yep. In addition, way bigger than Dylan Dennis. It's going to beat him, okay? In addition to that, it's very hard to get a knockout in boxing if you're not a professional. Extremely difficult. They don't have power in the hands. They're not necessarily like going into putting themselves into risky situations. And in addition, it's a six round fight. So in six rounds, there's a low likelihood that one of them will also gas out near like the eighth, nine, 10th standing eight count call the fight. 
if anyone was going to knock out anyone, it would have been Logan Paul. He was actually favored to win via TKO KO. My bet was uh, on ranging from plus 250 up to plus 450, depending on what times uh, I bet it, was uh, Logan Paul by decision. Mm-hmm. Fight goes to decision, and then Logan Paul to win the fight. Those are my three bets. Okay. Uh, individual bets. So I had Logan Paul to win, yeah. money line. Yeah, yeah. Fight to go to the... De- to go to decision, yeah, plus one seventy average price, yeah. Logan Paul to win by decision, around plus three hundred average price. Okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking confused. I so I didn't see any of this other than a one clip on Twitter, which was Dylan Dennis basically putting Logan Paul in a headlock. Yeah, trying to, and then the bell rang, and there was like a little brouhaha afterwards. Yeah, I I thought Logan Paul won by decision. Did he? Did he not? Okay, so here here's where we're at. <laughs> Round one. Logan Paul smokes him. Easy round to Logan Paul. Round two smokes him. Round three smokes him. Round four smokes him. Round four, Dylan Dennis, he's, he's, he's messing around. He tries to go for a fake takedown. He's entertaining the crowd, whatever. He gets a point. on a show. Gets a point deduction. Okay. (laughs) So if it was ever a guarantee that Logan already won, he's getting a point deduction as well. It's a guaranteed win on the scorecards. There's no way any judges, even if they were, even if it was fixed, you couldn't give it to Dylan. That's how, <laughs> that's how bad he was fighting in this fight. Okay. Fifth round again, Logan Paul, easy win. Sixth round, Logan Paul, easy win. Okay. Now here's here's where it gets interesting. Sixth round. Okay. Clocks up to start the fight. Three minutes on the round. Seems all fine and dandy. Three minutes going. Point deduction mid round for Dylan Dennis again. All good. Clock's still moving. Okay. Set a timer on the phone. I don't know. We can't show the video because the copyright was a pay per view. We're unable to show it on the YouTube, but I do apologize for that because it would even be a better story. The clock ran an extra 13 seconds of fight time. The fight should have been over. There was a 10-second countdown. Then the clock comes off the screen yeah, because yeah. They, they don't put the last minutes on the screen. And then it runs another 23 seconds. And then after those 23, there's no bell. Where's the bell? Forgot about the bell. <laughs> after the bell, but there's, there's still no bell. Dylan Dennis jumps to like pull, go, like yeah, to I basically try to get Logan Paul in like what would have been if he ended up succeeding like guillotine choke. Yep. He doesn't succeed. They get up. Still no bell at this point. Insanity. Logan Paul's security enters the ring, which technically is an automatic disqualification for Logan Paul. They didn't care about that. (laughs) And then what happens? It's just the fights. There's pandemonium, whatever. They all settle down, okay? Goes to the judge's scorecard. Okay. Now, the commentators have said, and this one, it's a fight is over. It's going to be a decision. Like, obviously, Logan Paul's won this one, but this yeah. is embarrassing for Dylan Dennis, whatever. Okay, goes to decision. Ready? Sixth round fight. This was after the sixth round. So this happened pretty much after the bell should have already rung for the sixth round, but they didn't ring the bell because they just didn't track the time correctly. Okay? Set a stopwatch. Go rewatch it. It's three minutes and 13 seconds. Okay? <laughs> now, not only do they not ring the bell, but now the announcer comes out, Michael Buffer. Here's what he says. He I says, I love Michael Buffer. He says, after five rounds of this fight, the judges all had on their scorecard Logan Paul to win every round, which, by the way, is never said. If, if, if someone doesn't win by decision, they'll never announce the cards. He says, after five rounds, keep in mind, <laughs> six rounds have happened, not five. 
He goes, after five rounds, every judge had it Logan Paul. Going into the sixth round, we have a disqualification of Dylan Dennis. Bro, I don't Going know what it is. Sixth round? I don't know what they did. I'm pretty sure they thought that the fight had that that was only five rounds. And then I think they thought that that was only five rounds that had happened. Yeah. And that there was still one more round to fight. Right. But it wasn't. There was six rounds that had happened. They already fought six. They had already fought six. It was over. He says, after five rounds, everyone had it, Logan Paul. Going in, he says exactly this. Going into the sixth round, there was a disqualification. Dylan Dennis has been disqualified. The winner is Logan Paul. But not by unanimous decision. It's by DQ instead. So you basically lose your... And I lose the fight goes to decision. And I lose Logan Paul by decision. Massive swing. And this is why I'm saying it's a worse beat, bro, because oh, it's it never happened. Beat. Like yeah. what you're thinking, the safety, the safety happened. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, happened yeah, I, on I, the field. I witnessed that. What really I happened. watched, <laughs> it never happened. Like they said he won by, it never happened, bro. That never <laughs> happened. Okay. Now I was absolutely outraged by this. I was so upset. I'm like, well, let me, let me at least see if something happens. Let me see how they grade this. I don't want to jump to conclusions. Yeah. Everything graded, win by TKO, KO. Logan Paul win by TKO, KO, DQ. Travesty. Absolute, like literally a travesty, okay? So, if that wasn't bad enough, we go into the next fight, the main event. Okay. KSI versus KSI. Tommy Fury. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I don't know how you even... No, 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 no. It tops it. This is the worst beat of all time, ever. Ever in history, never had a worse beat, ever. There will never be a worse beat than this. <laughs> okay. You had the worst weekend ever. Six? <laughs> and I you know what? You know what? I won. I actually won money on that Saturday. Okay. I, it, it, it was still a fine day. So, no, now I got to go off on this. I got to go off. Go off. KSI, in fact, when after this happened, I messaged Zach and Rob and I said, guys, I actually might need the whole episode. <laughs> he did. To rant about this for how mad I had no idea what I was. was talking no, about either. If, okay, hold up. I can actually pause. Do you guys think that that's a horrible beat? Of course. Yes. One of the worst beats. Yes. That, that, okay. that, that's not rooted in reality. That's that, that, that's like something. Even old, if he would have got DQ'd like right yeah. at the bell, that would have still been a, such a bad travesty loss. Like, like oh, I'm I got trying DQ'd to think right of right like another beat that I think is worse. And the only thing that I can compare it to is the fail Mary. <laughs> because that was the replacement refs game where they everyone on the planet knew it was an interception. And Except they it for the re replacement rep, like that's the that's the comparable to me. It's where like this did not even happen. This is not even real. I'm but living in a dream. Nobody world. even cared because Logan Paul's like, yeah, I won. Whatever. They this, the right guy still won the fight. Yeah, they didn't really care. Didn't matter. Dylan Dennis doesn't care if you lose by decision or disqualification. He doesn't give a shit. shit. Yeah. So go on to the main event: KSI versus Tommy Fury. All right, you ready for this? Okay. They're fighting, round one. Went uh, fine round. You know, you don't know who wins. Maybe went to KSI, whatever. Round two, Tommy Fury, point deduction for hitting him in the back of the head. Okay, six round fight again. So now he gets a point deduction. I'll mm -hmm. explain why it's important later. They fight out round three, round four, round five, round six. Okay, fight's over. The one point deduction. It's a six round fight. Yep. Okay. So now I've got Tommy Fury by decision. And I've also got Tommy Fury by unanimous decision and Tommy Fury by decision. Okay. Okay. KSI may have won the fight. In fact, 
based on me scoring this myself, I'm not, I'm not a boxing judge. I'm not the best boxer or whatever. I actually probably would have given it to KSI. Okay. All right. They go to the judges' scorecards. Now, Michael Buffer, he's announcing it again. He says, first judge has this fight. 47-47, draw. And the second two fights have this. 47-46 by the winner, by majority decision, Tommy Fury. And I say, holy shit. They gave it to him. Yeah. Lucky win. But what the hell was that draw? Because Tommy Fury actually got a point deduction. Right. So for him to actually have gotten a draw, that means one judge must have gave three rounds to... Uh, to Well, once they gave two rounds to KSI and then gave Tommy Fury... Or three rounds to KSI and gave Tommy Fury a 10-8 round. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. No one really dominated. There wasn't even much action in the fight. Tommy Fury landed 12 strikes the whole fight. They're hot jabs. It's impossible that he won, by the way. But he... <laughs> So, so hear me out, hear me out, because this is where it's going to get interesting. He won by majority decision, though, because one guy gave it a tie. I'm like, wow, a guy gave him a 10-8 round. That's absolutely bananas that he gave him a 10-8 <laughs> round, but whatever, it's fine. So wasn't a massive bet on the unanimous decision. Forgot about it. Yeah. I'm searching on Twitter trying to find the scorecards for the fight. I'm like, I, what, what, was like what was the round scoring of this fight? Because yeah. I'm always interested when it's a close like a close fight. Like that, when you may have thought. You want to see which judge is an idiot. Basically. Well, I also just want to see which rounds they gave to which and if it's all over the place, which I assumed it would be. Okay, Nothing gets posted Saturday night after the fight. I couldn't find anything on Twitter. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go to bed Saturday night. I wake up Sunday morning. Just scrolling Twitter. Like, hey, I wonder if I can find it now. Maybe someone has it posted. So I, so I click it, and I find the scorecard posted. KSI versus Tommy Fury, the, the, the three-person scorecard, okay? So I look, and uh, one judge, he has it, uh, Tommy Fury won rounds like three through six. Yep. It's like, okay, fair enough. So that's how he won. So three through six with the point deduction, 47-46. Yep. Second judge has Tommy Fury winning the same four rounds to two. With uh, the point deduction, 47-46. Okay, I understand that score. Now I'm like, oh, so this guy, where did he give the 10-8? I go look, and he has it on his scorecard. Four to two for Tommy Fury, same as the others. And I'm looking, I'm like, and he, he sums up the totals. He added up the totals, And he wrong. sums it up 47-47. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, where's the 10-8 round? Yes. Yeah. I'm looking through his thing. I'm adding this up. Yeah. Add it up in my head. I'm like, this is 47-46, same as the others. He gave it. He gave this win to Tommy Fury. Just doesn't know basic addition. I'm like, he just added this math wrong. Yeah. I'm getting on my calculator. <laughs> Am I fucking this math up? I'm adding this up on my calculator four times. I'm like, this guy messed up his math. He actually gave it to Tommy Fury by, this is a unanimous exact decision. same scorecard. I'm like, this is a unanimous decision. Yeah. He literally did not win by, by majority decision. He won by unanimous. This guy just added his score Wrong. He put 47 instead of 46. He actually just added it wrong. No one knows about this in the entire world, bro. I'm searching Twitter, like incorrect thing, incorrect thing. I can't find any, no, no one tweets about it. I'm like, guys, I may have just discovered this myself. <laughs> I'm telling like my friends here, they're like, bro, that's hilarious. I'm like, this is insane. Like he, he I can't <laughs> be the not, only one. In, funny I'm like, this. I can't be the only one in the world who discovered this. Okay. About 8 PM at night, they issue a formal announcement that hit, the judge messed up his scorecard and it's overturned from a majority decision to a unanimous. Go look at the sportsbook rules. Because Needs, the doesn't timing. overturn. Needs to be on the same day yep. overturning to not. Bro, I lost the bet. 
find me a worse beat. Now, again, wasn't a massive bet. It's not going to make or break my life. Find me a worse beat than that, bro. Right after that Logan Paul garbage. You can't. You can't, man. The, you, you basically lost... The things never happened, Rob. Due to com- Rob, sheer incompetence. The of, stuff that they said humanity. happened never happened. This is why I'm so upset. It never happened. Bro, this is, a, this is like a low point for humanity. Nobody <laughs> can do simple Zach's addition. Zach's literally crying, bro. Zach's like crying. I yeah. see him getting tears from his eyes. Bro, yeah. it never happened. No, that, that, that's... There's, there's, that's I, I don't know what to tell you, man. There's, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do, bro. Well, you, In both of If enough people bet it, you would have got a mass Twitter campaign... To go after the sports no, books to no. issue refunds, but you're like you're like on your lonesome betting these oh, events. This guy's fucking crying behind the camera. It was actually no, it's straight up like after that one, like again, I didn't notice till the next morning because yeah. I just thought he won by majority decision. Yeah, yeah. But that one, man, you would have been better off just dropping it, man, and <laughs> never one. never knowing that this ha- happened. No, that was actually you, your search for the truth. Cost me, cost me a some lot pain. of pain. And all you can really me. do in moments like that is just run the shower water really cold and just like. So just now, accept. now Zach knows because I was trying to petition him to to play the actual. I was gonna like stream the actual disown on this episode so you guys could actually see and follow, and it'd have been a much better story. Yes, but I was unfortunately vetoed by uh, Rob, my co-host and producer Zach, for fear that they would take down the podcast for copyright infringement. Copyright infringement, which is a real again. Issue. All, all fair, and we don't want to be infringing on any copyrights here. However, what they did to me was much more criminal. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. When I saw you sending the messages, too, by the way, when you were like, bad beat, bad beat, like, I had to go into decision, I didn't know because I had just walked, the fight ended, and I walked out the door. So I didn't see, like, or hear the explanation or anything. That's legitimately, I feel so bad because that's a billion times worse than what I thought. Because when you're saying that, I was like, I'm not really that surprised that he got DQ'd based on, like, what happened. I could see them being like, oh, no, this shenanigans DQ, which still, you would have been right. It would have been bogus, but I didn't think it would have been that bad of a see, beat. See, I feel bad for you. I, I, my thought, I have no idea what happened. My thought, here's what I thought I was walking into here. I saw the Dylan Dennis clip where, you know, you're right. He's trying to put, like, a guillotine choke and whatever. And I thought that you had bet like Logan Paul to win by DQ. And that was like clearly something that should have been DQ'd if the fight was going on, right? And then they didn't award that. That's what I thought I was walking into. Like, you know, Dylan Dennis, he's a talker, right? I, I know his game and he could do stupid shit. So it might not be a bad idea to, to bet like a win by DQ, knowing he might do something stupid in the fight. That's what I thought. This is a million times yeah. worse. No, you know, and they you just know added the- time to the clock. That never existed. <laughs> Bro, it, it was, it's actually insane. I'm going to show you guys the video off air so that we can laugh about this. And then hopefully I feel a bit better about this whole situation. But I'll show you guys the video. Who do you think, who's at fault for that? Just like the... the Bro, you, know, you the, know what the, the worst part is? There, there's no way the sports books were more exposed on the decision. They, they would probably have preferred the fight end by decision than Logan Paul via knockout. Because that Logan Paul via knockout was a significantly bet bet. I'm sure that books had more liability on that. So I don't even, even want to know. But anyways... We got a full Q&A episode to do. <laughs> the, the, the KSI, the Tommy Fury by unanimous decision. Like if you guys want to go. Yeah, you can say he didn't deserve to win the fight. It's not that bad. Whatever. And it, it wasn't, listen, it wasn't that massive a bet. So I yeah. wasn't even that mad. But still, that one is actually a worse beat than the it's Logan the Paul one. Because that one legit, the guy just added his math wrong and they didn't catch it to the next day. So they couldn't, the books can't overturn that because the house rules is that it needs to be overturned on the day of. It can't be like overturned decisions don't matter. For UFC and boxing. I, I did know that. 
Yeah, I did too. We, I we, did. I didn't know that as well. But 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 it doesn't make you feel an overturned decision for like a guy who was on steroids, got lost his drug test, failed his drug test, and then they overturned the fight to a no contest. But your guy lost the fight. That's a lot different than this fucking judge, this gnocch of a judge <laughs> added his scorecard wrong, and then now I lost my money on that. Like that's ridiculous, man. No, that's right. it's done. I and it's dumb. I hate that rule. Like there's a lot of sports rules that I hate. A few months ago, people were like going nuts about the Miami Marlins or whatever with the game that got suspended. It's like just standard sports betting though. If a game gets suspended, they go back to the previous inning and they grade by that. doesn't matter that they scored like two runs in the top of the eighth to take the lead. That's got around forever. But yeah, this is just human incompetence that uh, cost you bets. Yeah. Tough. Nothing you could do. Tough. All right. Um, well, we got some other questions here. Fortunately, do we? Yeah, we've got a bunch here. All right, so number one, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know what? Let's start with this one. Actually, what kind of research and preparation goes into creating each episode? How do you ensure the content is accurate and informative? So we're gonna start with questions about the show. We got a few questions specifically for Rob, and then a bunch of just value and general questions to get into. Questions about the show. This is new. Yeah. Normally they're strictly about sports betting. Um, I don't know. It depends on the episode because obviously doing Q and A's is uh, low quality, like low effort content, right? Q and A mid August content. Q and A mid August, even though we're doing one in October. Well, now. The Q and A's is what happens. You guys send in all the questions on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. Uh, usually, like Rob Rao compile them, and then I order them, and then uh, I order them in an order that I think will be great to listen to, where it actually flows, and we're not like hitting back same topics here, here, and here. I read them out to Rob. Either he takes the first crack or maybe we shoot each other and I grin. I'd take the first crack and it goes back to Rob. To be honest, that's kind of how it works for those Q&A episodes. Every episode's different, right? So typically for typically we have four to six weeks uh, planned in advance. That's usually the case for Circles Off. We try to schedule it around the sporting calendar as much as possible. So we know if like a new season is starting, for example, we're going to be doing like an NBA prepper next week, even though the NBA starting on Tuesday our Thursday guest, give us a little bit of information about the NBA. So we have stuff planned in advance of what we want to do. Um, guest episodes, we typically put together like a rough rundown of what we want to talk about. And we go to the guests specifically and say, this is the topics that we want to touch on. And we get a little bit of feedback from them in terms of what they think could be interesting if they don't find something interesting. So we work with them beforehand. We don't just like go through a sheet but they know roughly the, the topics we're going to talk about. And we, we take the conversation from there. Other episodes, I, I think they just come up organically. Like we did an episode once on how to read an odd screen, right? Um, or like specific educational topics. Those are usually recommendations from other people that we can turn into a full episode and are not just like a, a two minute Q&A answer. The other ones go into Q&A episodes. So I don't know, a tough question to answer, but like, we obviously take it very seriously. There is a lot of planning that goes into these things. And most important thing for me, because I do preach being like analytically savvy, is we do use the data to inform our decision-making going forwards. Um, so we look at episodes, drop-off points in episodes. I'm getting like way deep in the <laughs> weeds here now, but if somebody wanted to know what goes into it, that's what goes into it. All right. And on that note, just in terms of flowing this question right into the other, as I had just mentioned, what any upcoming projects, guests, or episodes that your audience can look forward to? 
Uh, yeah. So like, let, let me just say that we're going to, we are going to start. We've, you've noticed we've already started. We did a Barry horse part two. We are going to start dipping into guests that we've previously had on. And rather than getting like their origin story and doing that type of episode, doing a more, what are you up to now type of situation. And obviously that's like fan service basically, right? If you really enjoyed an episode with Barry horse part one, we're idiots not to have him on again if we think that he can still contribute to the conversation. So we do that. So we'll be doing more and more of that going forwards, bringing guests on that we've had in the past. The rest of the show is honestly, I don't say like, like I said, we, we plan four to six weeks in advance, but we just take it where we think it needs to go. You just, me, Zach, Johnny, we sit around, we have a general feel for what works, what doesn't work. We value all the feedback. And we use that to structure the show going forward. So I'm not going to preview anything else, but you can look forward to repeat guests coming up in the future. I'll preview one thing. Um, you've seen us in these the studio with like some white walls and a locker behind, and then you see us switch over to this other studio with white walls and a gray wall and some glass. Maybe if you're someone who watches on YouTube, there's uh, some aesthetically pleasing things going on that you could look forward to in the future. That's all. That's what I'll say there. I like that, Zach. Yep, that's that's going to be great. Um, okay. Okay. We'll go, we'll go actually this one first. What's one piece of advice that you potentially missed covering in another episode that's actionable to the viewers and listeners of circles off. So I can start with that one. I have a good piece of advice for people viewing. It's more along the lines of if you're trying to like break into the space, ask for help, things like that it was a really big topic. Like on Twitter this week, I would say the biggest thing that you can do is when you're reaching out to somebody asking a question, um, it's, it shouldn't necessarily be like a give and take. It shouldn't be just a take relationship. It should be a give and take. So if you're someone who's just starting up, younger kid, wants to get info, you know, messaging Rob, messaging me, messaging any of the other, you know, great people in the space who have been around and know it, like try to provide as much value as you can to them as well. I'm not saying you have to, and the form of value doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, monetary. It doesn't have to right. be something crazy, but you got to also provide value and like just show that you're going to help that person as well. It's a really good show of faith. Here's a perfect example. If somebody is um, reaching out to the circles off account, for example, wanting to potentially call me, Hey, I've got a couple questions for Johnny, whatever. If this is a, a nobody, I've never heard of before, random account. We have so many people reaching out to us. We're, we're, we're quite busy. Like it's going to be hard for me to say, yeah, I'm going to take an hour of my time to call this random guy. I have no, nothing, no idea about whatever. However, if I see someone who's like, look through his timeline, wow, he shared every single episode. He's commenting on all the posts. He's, he's commenting questions. He's been around. He's obviously a listener. He's obviously a, a fan of the show. And he's DM something like, hey, this is my question. This is what I'd like to do, whatever. Would you be able to help me out? Yes, of course. I'll help you out. A crazy example is when I, when I was a lot younger, I once reached out to Rob um, and I was asking him a bunch of questions, right? And then I got to the point where I'm like, wow, I'm asking this guy so many different questions, but I'm not providing anything of value to him. So what did I, what did I think to do? I'm like, okay, I know this guy's a Leaf fan. Let me, let me get some Leaf tickets. I'll invite Rob. Say, hey, Rob, listen, I know you've been helping me out a lot. You want to go, you want to go catch a Leaf game. Great opportunity. I get to talk to Rob about gambling, we get to, you know, whatever. And he gets to go to a Leaf game for free. Is that so, a good thing? Go for what? Leaf game? I mean... We won that night. Oh, okay. And I bet the Leafs puck line against the Red Wings. <laughs> and it was. That was a long time ago. I can't believe you remember that. That's risky. That. Yeah. But all, all I'm saying... I remember is, all my bets. Listen, all I'm saying is like, at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be that and it doesn't have to be like $100 tickets, $200 tickets, whatever it is. Just like 
try not to be the guy who just constantly asks a bunch of questions, like is poking around for info and then just like goes into the shell and hides and then like you don't hear from them again. Like just be part of the community and then people will help you out too. And then as always, people are going to help you out, then also help other people out and pay it forward. Agreed. What do you think is your advice? Uh, I'll get to that in one second. At some point in time, I do want to go back through those old DMs. Sure. We'll do it, but let's let's let let's me actually see what they were, were first. I think they're all just questions. Uh, they're probably like, questions, but I think there was going to be some funny stuff in there for sure. Let's do it one day. One day we'll do it. I actually don't even know what's in there, but okay, we have save to do and it we'll do it. Last. We'll save it and we'll do it. Um, okay, uh, you might have just saw me going through my phone here, so I was just going through past episodes. How to read an odd screen? I referenced that episode. Um, I w- we went through like how how to set up your odd screen, how to read it. Here's, a, here's an actionable piece of advice for a lot of people out there that may not know. If you're already super sharp, you probably have your odd screen set up this way. But let's say you're using like a Spank Odds or a Don Best. I talked about having the sharp sports books grouped on one side. So your Pinnacle, uh, Circa, Chris, whatever else you want to throw in there, even Sheba or War, if, if you want to. Um, and then having like your more recreational sports books grouped as well. Another trick of the trade is having... PPHs on one side that are good indicators of the markets about to move. So you can set up your odd screen. I never touched on this in the episode, but sharps, recreational books, like your legal outs, and then PPH, um, ACE. Well, you know, uh, there's a bunch really that you can go through to, but this is just a general rule of thumb. If you want to get tipped off before the entire screen is about to move, generally speaking, the paper heads are going to move first. So if you're someone who's, you know, sitting in an odd screen, you don't know how to set it up, you want to be able to get some actionable advice or say like, hey, maybe I need to bet this right away because I'm noticing all these PPHs are moving at once. That's something that was never touched on in the episode, but I think would be of value to some people. There you go. Good answer. Uh, can you boys run through all the teams you think can win the Super Bowl this year and call out any futures you like at their current price? So normally we don't do this kind of stuff. I don't think we're going to go through all the teams. I'm not going to go through every single team that but can win the here's Super Bowl. Here's what we should do, though. We should we should look at the NFL futures. Sure. And that'll be fun. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with, we can start with the Super Bowl real quick. Like any teams you feel have value that can win the bowl? Uh, let me look at Super Bowl consensus prices right now just so that we can say so like san fran kc philly buffalo are favorites in that order right yeah and then miami this is such a cop of shit shit answer do you like Detroit? do you think detroit can win the bowl so Here, I'll, ask, I'll just ask you some questions do you think detroit can win the super bowl yes you think they can win with that current team okay i think they can win yes fair enough um what about a team for example like cleveland cleveland can win but this is like, I like Cleveland if they sit Deshaun Watson down for, like, another three or four weeks and have him get healthy. So this would be predicated on how quickly he comes back to play and what his arm strength looks like. But there's... See, people forget about the variance. In what about Cincy? Cincy can win. I so, don't like Cincy. I don't. I would never bet Cincy. At 3,000? Plus 3,000? Even then, I would... Plus 4,000? Okay, there's going to be a price where I bet. So... I would never bet Cincy at current market <laughs> prices. Here. At current market prices, I would not bet Cincy. Let's put it that way. Like, they can win. There's te- there's teams that, like, Seattle can win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they will. There's, like, an extreme long shot. But when people are like, who can win the Super Bowl? All these teams can. You have to think probabilistically, right? There's going to be a 0.2% chance that a shit team makes a run. Remember when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl? 
for the for the Eagles, right? They were underdogs in all those games. They went on a run. They ended up winning. There's variance in football. It can happen. You mentioned Detroit. There's another market I would look at for Detroit. Okay, hold up. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to give you right now then. I'm going to give you three questions. Okay. More likely to win the Super Bowl, okay? Yep. Irregardless of the odds. Yep. Jacksonville, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Jacksonville because of the division and okay. playing a home playoff game. Okay. Miami Dolphins, Dallas Cowboys. Um, the likelihood Dallas is going to have to go road, road, Philly, San Fran is pretty high. Uh, Miami. Miami. Okay. And then lastly, Baltimore Ravens, Detroit Lions. Um, Baltimore, to me, has the best odds on the board of anyone who's going to win the Super Bowl. I think Detroit has a better chance than Baltimore does, but Baltimore is currently priced in like, what, 18, 20 to 1 Roughly. range. I think Baltimore has the is the best bet to win the Super Bowl at existing market prices. All right, and then I'll give you one more bonus one. Okay. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, Houston Texans. Wow, you're gonna okay. So you're gonna ask me to price stuff that I would never ever consider. Well, just ready. just who who is more likely to win the Super Bowl? Uh, Pittsburgh is more likely to win because they've gotten out to like a decent enough start. They're going to get players back from injury. Like they've been they Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, Cam Hayward. Pittsburgh's more likely to win. I'm I've upgraded Houston the third most of any team in the league from season start till now. The other two have been Miami and San Fran. But Houston is like way better than people thought. Okay. Quarterback play. Per- personally, I think the Steelers, I'd rather bet the Jets than the Steelers. The Steelers aren't winning the Super Bowl. Which are way, way, way more priced. If you want a super big long shot, I would go Jets. If you want something in like regular range for value, I would go, I would go Bills. I'm going to go through the, uh, the list. The Bills defensive injuries are a little bit too much for, they can, it can happen. God, I, 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 I like Baltimore's price. Like I really Baltimore's like Baltimore's price. price okay, we'll get into a couple player player ones. Dunking as well. on this right now, live on air. Yeah, season awards. Okay. Yeah, I know the MVP is the typically the one with the most liquidity, so we'll attack that one. Rob, who's a good bet right now for MVP? Jared Goff. Jerry Goff, eh? Nineteen hundred okay. to twenty five hundred. So people hear you have to hear me out. Okay, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Jared Goff stan. I think his offensive coordinators put him in a really good position to succeed. Jared Goff or McCaffrey? Jared Goff. McCa- Easily. McCaffrey's got an oblique go injury. Ahead. That's going to linger forever. He also can't win. He's a running MVP. back. Okay, Bro, next. It's not good. Okay, okay, sorry. Go ahead on Goff. Pull, anyone who's listening to this right now, pull up the Detroit Lions schedule, and you are going to see two games against Chicago, two games against Minnesota, a game against the Denver Broncos. There's a lot of easy defenses that this team's going to face. And Goff puts up numbers. He's not like... He's not a quarterback. You know, the risk you run at the end of the year is that the Lions run away with the division. They finish like 13 and four and Dan Campbell gets coach of the year rather than Jared Goff getting MVP. He will. I, he, or he Aiden Hutchinson gets defensive player of the year instead of Goff getting MVP. And that's realistic possibilities. But Goff is going to end up with like 4,000 plus yards, a lot of touchdowns. He's at 11 through so far. A league leader's 14, I think, which is Tua. And the schedule is just so easy for them. It sets up very nicely for him to have like an absurd touchdown to interception ratio for the Lions just to be the story. And it's very much a story award. So you look at the top of the leaderboard, right? Two is the favorite now. 
Okay. Injury history. Definitely wouldn't be betting Tua. I wouldn't be betting Tua at 7-2. to two. Mahomes, of course Mahomes can win. He's the GOAT. But Mahomes hasn't put up amazing numbers to start the year yet. It's not like people have been... He's the best quarterback. Like, I'm not debating that. But his numbers, average so far. If you're looking at, like, what voters are going to vote... Josh Allen's had, like, just coming off a stinker. He has these stinker games. Yeah, people I, so I actually would bet right now, if I had to make a bet, there's a place that has plus 1,000 on Josh Allen. That would be my bet right now. And the reason I would bet that, it's not because you're like, I don't believe in the whole, like, buy low, sell high. But just, like, you got to know there's only a select few players that actually can win this award. There's there's basically not even 10 players that can win this award and you're getting 10 to 1 on Josh Allen and he, he's probably the third most likely to win it at this. This game. is actually though to your point the absolute best time to bet Josh Allen. I th- I think it would be. It is. It is. It's it's like the people who are betting Brock Purdy to win MVP after they beat the Cowboys, you know, whatever yeah, 40. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. bet Brock Purdy to win MVP after that game. That's that's the wrong time to bet him. You either bet him before or you bet him now. After this week's, but he's not going to win MVP. No, I, well, I mean, Purdy can win it. He he definitely can win it. But I mean, like just the numbers that he's going to put up compared to like what like Tua, Allen, Mahomes will put up. It's like I'm I'm telling you, I, this is I I thought it insane at first. But Jared Goff, I actually don't mind. If you look at Goff's not pure numbers and what he's likely to be at the end of the year, he is going to have. He's going to be in that conversation. Whether or not he wins, like I said, you, 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 maybe the wealth is spread elsewhere within the Lions org. I don't know. But he's going to have the numbers. That's going to put him in that conversation. It's whether or not a voter can actually go down to the ballot and, and literally check off Jared Goff for MVP. I'm deleting this whole segment. Kanish not getting his hands on this. Okay, here's what here's so here's actually my best bet, though, for the futures bet, bets right now. Minus 120, up to minus 120. CJ Stroud for rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And here and here's why I like it. Okay. So it didn't apply above 50% chance of winning. Okay. It's basically at this point gonna need an injury. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Award. Yep. Uh he's he's far and away the best QB that's playing right now, given that basically it's like Bryce Young could technically win it, but no. And Richardson's gonna get shut down for the year. And he already is. Yeah. So Richardson shut down for the year. So now that those two are kind of like almost out of the way, you look at the top of the board, Puka Nakua, mm-hmm. great player. Going to be insanely hard for a wide receiver to win it yep. over a QB if the QB is actually playing well. Not saying it can't happen. It could definitely happen, but also with Cooper Cup coming back now, you, like he's, you, he's definitely not going to put up those records. You need Cooper Cup to get out. hurt, I think. Again. Even then, though, like Stroud would still win it over Puka's season. I, he think, has to. I think he's, so. He's playing so good. It's one interception. I know, and, and the narrative, so like... And then B. John Robinson, while he definitely has the talent, he's still a running back, and like this team's going to be not winning games. No. It's going to be tough. And then after that, you get into literally like What's Jordan what, Addison. Was, that's what I was about to ask. Jordan Addison's not going to win it. Jameer Gibbs is not going to win it. Say Flowers is not going to win it. The numbers on those guys won't be high enough at the end of the year. The one guy who literally is actually a dark horse, he would have actually been a potential bet, was Devin A-Chain. Mm-hmm. But now missing the four games, he already missed the first two games of the year. Essentially, like the numbers he put up were insane in those three in that three game oh, yeah. span. If he were to continue like on any similar pace to that, just the sheer numbers alone would have put him in. But now missing six games minimum, like going to be tough. 
So yeah, give me CJ Stroud. It, it basically take an injury at this point. I would be shocked if yeah, he you're betting get you're injured. betting on whether or not Stroud stays healthy. Basically, I think yeah. now obviously anything could happen. But no, no, I agree with you there. It's very likely to go to a quarterback. Extremely likely. I'd have to look through Houston's schedule a little bit more, but he's been impressive. But it's not even about the wins at that point. It's even not. if he just puts up like an average season now. I know. From this point on out, he should still win. Agreed. So defensive defensive player of the year, no no opinion there. I think like it would be again, he just just had a sick week, but like Max Crosby's a good uh potential. They're dark horse, but his odds you, he's, you, he's basically you need going the Raiders like, to play, make the playoffs. He's basically going off at like 3,500 last week. Now he's down to plus 1,000. I did actually look at that last week. That particular award is a team award. I'll tell you right now, your team has to make the playoffs and you have to do, you have to have a, a massive the, the fa- This is why I don't mind it though. The favorites for this award right now are TJ Watt yep. and Miles Garrett. Yeah. And like, those are not shoe-ins. They're, they're not, but I'll t- here, here's what I'll tell you. If Miles Garrett finish the season with four less sacks than Max Crosby, but the Browns made the playoffs and the Raiders didn't. Miles Garrett. But I'm saying like the Browns aren't even guaranteed to make the playoffs. They're not. They're not. By no and neither are the Steelers. Like I I I probably still think Micah Parsons would end up being a really good bet. Yeah, could be a could be a good bet at this point as well. Anyways, that's a, a bunch into uh into next into this year. I, I think that's actually a pretty good segment. I don't mind that at all. I don't do those markets a lot. I listen to I listen to you better you bet a lot. Yeah, those Ken guys love loves that these markets, but I don't do them a lot. I don't look at them a lot. But there's definitely some value to be found there okay. when, you, when you look through the numbers. So these are just some questions that uh, we have for Rob here. Rob, what percentage of your personal betting income comes from sharp books, such as sponsor the show Pinnacle Sports? Um, I don't know. Um, Negative. No, I'm kidding. I I don't know. So. <laughs> I have two types of betting, right? I have prop betting, um, which is mostly through regulated Ontario books, smaller bets, whatever. But I don't know where my fills come from. This is the honest to God answer, right? Like if I want to bet X amount on a game, I send it out and I get that much money on a game and I have no insight into where it's going. I have to quote sharp book prices. I can't just pick off like, you know, if, if there's a recreational book that's off market, I can't say, oh, go get me, you know, $25,000 on this spread. That's not going to happen. So I have to use the sharp price, but I don't know how much is directly coming from sharp books. Yeah, fair enough. Tough to know. Uh, okay, this one, I don't really know the answer to. Maybe you do, Rob. To what extent can sports betting apps view other apps and data you have open on your phone? Are they able to see that I'm looking at Pinnacle's ARB <laughs> calculator and betting another side of a boost on a different app? All right, good. Very uh, direct question there. My So I have I have no idea. I, I, I can rant about these apps for a long time. I think the whole geolocation apps and whatever are a complete violation of privacy they're honestly a joke if we're get the fact that i use like an app like x point verify to log into some other account that says oh you have to close spotify on your computer or on your phone like the fact that they can know what else what else is open all of that is horseshit if if the if regulators want to do anything about this space prevent or protect the consumer from people being able to access. This is a massive security risk. So anyways, it's completely not answering Matthew's question here. But in general, when it comes to sports betting, assume the worst. That's my per, that's my prerogative on things. 
I would say if you're going to bet on your phone, use an ARB calculator on your desktop or vice versa. That's my two cents on the situation. I'm not saying... I, do, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's that, by the way. I don't think they're checking what your browser history is. They might be able to see that you have your Safari or your Chrome open. Yes. And they definitely actually can see that. But there's no way... Bro, if they can see your browsing history and your like app usage, there's no way. They can definitely see what other apps are open. Yes. For those like geo-comply apps, but I don't... And they can see your location and stuff, but I doubt they can see your... My, my, my whole thing is... calculator alert. I, I agree with you. Like, Are they reading listen, your text messages to your wife? Fuck, who knows, man? If they know what I'm listening to on Spotify, and they're going to, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe I'm going to get like the Tool uh, tool sports bonus or something like that because I've been listening to a lot of Tool lately. I'm going to see oh, a I show in November. Because you are a Tool. No, that could be it as well. No, I don't know. Listen, I don't take risks. I, I don't like to take unnecessary risks, right? Like if you're going to bet on your phone, I guess this is if you're on the run and you want to use a, an ARP calculator, sure. But... I don't know, horrible job of answering this question, Matthew. The reality is I don't know, but I typically just assume the worst and work backwards from there. All right. Um, okay, we're going to get into some value questions here. All right, so we'll start with this one. How do you tell which books are the strongest on a certain sport? Such as Pinnacle tends to have the strongest NHL line, so I'd wear their line more as a source of truth. So how do you figure out what books are good for what? sports okay so there's like a a rule of thumb and then there's a real way the rule of thumb is what highest limit yes easy right that that's that's the easiest way to go about it is whoever's taking the largest bet on a specific market is generally going to be attracting the best bettors so you can generally speaking use that as your source of truth it's not always right there's some instances where it's not what you could do is put in the work as well. It takes a lot of work, but you can track prices from everything. You can track prices on every single market from every single sports book if you wanted, and then run some sort of error metrics on each of those, and you would determine which of those is the sharpest. That's a lot of work. Not everyone's capable of doing that. So you can use a general rule of thumb, which in most cases is going to be right. Or if you really want to know, or you want to create like a balanced true line, and like incorporate different sports books. You literally could price every single market at close at a different sports book, take a log loss or, you know, RMSE, MAE, error metric, and just figure it out. Yep. That's definitely the way to do it. You'd have to calc a log loss or some sort of error metric and figure it out. But yes, if you want the general rule, I agree with Rob, just check for the highest limit. Uh, and also, as always, the books that don't limit the winners would typically be a little bit sharper. So that's why, you know, Pinnacle is one of the best in the game. Anyone can play there no matter what, no matter who you are. As long as you're located in the region above the specific age and as long as you gamble responsibly, you're able to play there. Well, the beauty is like if you're in Ontario, right, you sign up to a Pinnacle account, you don't necessarily even have to make a deposit. Well, you do have to deposit. Do you now? All right. I'll give another pro tip. If you use Pinnacle and you have no money in the account, it shows you the logged out lines. Oh, uh, you don't get the live lines. So you don't, you get about maybe a couple minute delayed lines. Yes. All so I was going to say is you can click the- Deposit some money into your Yeah, account. well, listen, if you sign up for a Pinnacle Sportsbook account, 
you're probably gonna bet like use again. it to arb if you really need it's honestly great for that even if you're like oh this is a sharp book whatever use it to arb against here like for example the bonuses like um like we just answered in the last question yeah all i was gonna get at is if you go to if you just click a wager even if you have no money in your account it will show you in the bet slip what the max bet is on that as well so you won't get the the live lines but you can get the max bet Okay, um, that's yeah, that's a good answer as well. So next up we have, what do you guys think? Actually, you know what? I've started uh, sports betting top down with pretty high volume using Pinnacle as a sharp book. Curious if you think that's dangerous with NFL early in the week with some groups potentially manipulating these low limit lines. So again, just uh, flowing questions right into one another seamlessly. That's the kind of work that goes into the... That's, that's, that's basically the work. what it is. By the way, I didn't actually have that right under, and I'm adjusting it now because that, <laughs> that fits so much better. But that's the work that goes into this podcast. Um, I don't Listen, I, I don't do a lot of top-down stuff. I, I'll, say, I'll say one thing. It's extremely dangerous if you're not good at it to be like just steam chasing all over the place. In fact, most people who say, oh, I, uh, steam chasing is... You guys are just doing whatever. Like, you're just picking off the lines. It's so easy. Like, go. Go try and see if you can win. You're probably going to lose in the first little while. All right? It is what it is. It's not easy. You can get burned a lot. You really have to acquire a skill to basically be like, all right, this is moving here. This is moving here. This is how this works. This is how this works. Okay. This actually kept moving here, and I thought that was a play. But like, every time it does this, I get dunked on the other way. So, like, that's obviously not something I got to do. I got to do something else. So, just, like... Basically, yes, I would say based on what your question is, if you want the most actionable advice for you, I'm not sure exactly who asked this question, but um, the guy who just started betting with Penny as a sharp book and he thinks it might be dangerous to bet NFL early in the week, 100 million percent. It is 100 percent true. Be cautious of it. Best thing you can do, track your wagers, track the market moves after, see how it's moving against you, and then look at that, look at those tells and be like, all right, actually, this early move when the limit was low was just a, a fake so that people can get down more you got to just track it and then see how you're doing and if you're getting good results keep going if you're not getting good results probably got to switch something out that's the most actionable advice i can give generally speaking would it not be more suitable if you're going to take that approach to bet closer to game time you'll probably find less edges right but your the chances that the line has formed solidly as the week goes on is yeah, much better the thing is though also as the week goes on the discrepancies between books become tighter. Yeah. Okay. So if so you're, you're betting early in volume. the week, yeah, is very often you're going to be able to catch a certain potential books with half points off all over the place. Same with the totals. If you're betting Sunday, it's not going to be as likely. But again, my advice stands. Like, yes, be careful on that. Uh, next up, this one I don't really understand the question that much. I got one that was not I didn't understand either. So okay. this might be it. Can you explain the value of obtaining equity in futures markets and then how to use it? Example, you bet a future with a 50 to 1 odds, then the price drops to 10 to 1. How and what are the best ways to use that, especially if it's clear the bet won't win, only aged well? So this is why I don't really understand this question is if you bet something at 50 to 1 and it's now 10 to 1, you have a good bet. I don't know how you I can don't know say how you can bet say that bet won't win yeah. only age well. If it's it aged well, then technically you have a good bet. I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, this does come from clueless better. <laughs> <laughs> At clueless better. There you go. So so that no. that checks out. That checks out that handle. What I'd say is, I mean, I guess asking if you're trying to arb out of a future, 
there's no two-way markets on these. So if you bet, let's say, I don't know, Josh Allen to win the MVP at 10 to 1, and then he's down to 4 to 1, the only way you can hedge out of that is if a book had Josh Allen no, which is not going to happen. So you basically have to bet a lot of other options. So what I'm looking at here then is like for this one, I think what you're probably going to want to do is if you are trying to hedge, you're going to have to bet every other option that can win, but you're never even like 100% hedging in the market because something else could still happen. Like someone else could win. You can't bet every other option. So that's why I don't really understand the question. If you want to provide more context, we can reply on Twitter as well. But probably if your position, you bet it at 50, it's now at 10. Like just hold that and ride it out and you probably have a good bet and are going to win long-term on those, not arbing those out. But again, if you want to provide more context, clue is better. Appreciate the question and the support on the show. I, yeah, I, it's not my air, like it's not my domain really. Typically if I bet a future, I maybe I'm in a different financial spot or whatever, but I just let it ride. Like if it's a good bet, sometimes you'll find another future of value. I mean, I don't want to say it, but there's cash out features at books as well. Technically, like if you don't want to go through the process of betting everything else, you take a horrible cash out price. If this is your position on like just wanting to obtain like win. But yeah, I mean, if you bet a 50 to one, it moves to 10 to one. You can't really say that proclaim that there's no chance of that betting. Well, reply to this episode after you listen to this and explain what you mean when you say that it, especially the ones that won't win. Yeah. And then we can potentially give a better answer next. Yeah. Think, think probabilistically, right? It's an underdog to win for sure. It's only going to win 10% of the time, but it's going to win one out of 10 times. So, or one out of 11, whatever. Yeah. All right. uh, Up next from a former guest of the show, Josh Goody. Oh, Goody. Most sports books are now offering a 30% same game parlay profit boost when you select at least three legs. Good bonus. What is the most EV way to use that promo? So my answer now is very different from what it would have been a couple weeks ago before we had Shipper on. I would have gave a mathematical answer of how to maximize that. I don't actually think it's in your best interest to maximize that anymore. I actually think it's your best interest to make a stupid bet on that promo. If you think in the long run, you're going to be a winning better and your goal is to maximize that account. I probably would make a really dumb bet on that promo. All right. That's a good answer. That is a very, uh, that is a sharp answer this, that this may be a, it, like you might be uh, galaxy braining that though. I, I, I very much could be, but like as a better, what we have to do is process information, right? And for me, for a long time, I've been ignorant to everything outside of just the basic math. This is one of the biggest mistakes. The art I've of betting. The, uh, the art of betting. This has never been good. I'm a horrible better. I don't execute bets well. I to never be, to have. To be clear, Rob is saying that the most EV bet is to mathematically dunk that money. Because just, that will, in the long run, make you more money. Responsibly. Math, well, dunk, no, well, dunk, dunk, dunk that. It. Dunk it responsibly is what... what you, you, there's no responsible dunks. <laughs> um, this, there's no responsible dunks here. I'm going to say... I'll say it how it is, man. A lot of people, yes, obviously don't gamble more than, you're, than you can. But I mean, this is a, probably a $50 promo, $100 promo. Sure. We're not talking massive amounts here. And that's why I'm saying, like, if you're going to maximize the EV on that, which is going to be like, what, getting like another 20 bucks in EV maybe or something like that, there's probably not a point in doing that if it's going to affect the longevity 
of your account. Fair enough. If you're betting small enough, meaning like under a hundred dollar unit size, I would say you should maximize the EV on that mathematically. How I would do that is, um, you know, same game parlays, basically what they are is it's taking a bunch of different things within the game. And uh, a lot of them will be correlated outcomes. So they give you, they price in the correlation and then they reduce a bunch of, you know, hold off the top. So you're getting pretty shitty odds on the correlation. So if you want a mathematical thing of how to beat it, what you have to do is like, Basically, you have to price out your own correlation. So you say, all right, when Josh Allen throws for 300 yards, Diggs is likely to get 100 plus this percentage of the time, meaning if, and, and Allen's likely to throw for 300 this percentage of the time, meaning it's going to be here, here, here. I think this should be priced at this. It's priced at that. That's like the, the theoretical way to do it. You have to just price correlation better than them. A lot of these books, pricing in these same game parlays is actually not very strong. However, the hold percentage is just so high that is hard to beat because they're literally taking, they're giving such bad value on the odds. But what I would do, um, to be honest, if you want just like a quick and easy way to do it is there's multiple books that offer same game parlay. Pick one that you think is a good bet at random. Like, yeah, I think this would probably be cool. And enter that same one on like four different sites that have same game parlays. And then see if you can find one that has like the best pricing on the site where you're given the profit boost. That would basically, what that would do is just ensure you that those odds that you're getting are like at a minimum best in market. Yep. Um, again, this is like the easy way to do it without having to model out correlation and stuff like that. So try to pick ones that will give you the best odds in market. And then once you've done that, you add on this 20, 30% same game parlay profit boost and you're likely going to be plus EV because the, the hold on the same game parlay is under 30% anyways. So therefore, if you just want something that's like a quick and easy way to do it, that's what I would do. But Rob's answer is... Uh, that's he's playing he's playing chess. <laughs> Up next, how can you tell if a market is uh, more susceptible to getting manipulated? For example, I heard that college football can be manipulated even after even at market maker books because the limits are relatively low and pro groups move them to the market maker books so that they can bet a large volume at PPH and just copy that the PPHs that just copy the market maker books. So is that a thing? I would say, I can answer well, that first. It's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, it's not as prevalent as you guys might think. So it's not like that's happening with every single game. Um, and in general, it's happening more on the like FCS games and the actual lower limit games. You wouldn't necessarily ha see this happen on like an LSU versus Bama style game as much as you would on like a, a small FCF game, uh, FCS game. Sorry. So that's that's my only answer to this question, Rob. What do you think? Yep. Um, I think this is just something you learn through experience. Typically, if you're going to watch like the NFL market or NCAA football market, you you pull up an odd screen early in the week. You take take note of early market moves and see how often those get bet the other way. It happens. It's really hard to sniff out. It takes experience. The best traders can do that because they just, you kind of get like a spidey sense, you know, of, so to speak, whenever you see something happen and, and you realize like this is a fake or this is not, but it certainly happens. Years ago, um, I won't mention the name, but someone reached out to me asking me if they could use my five dimes account from back in the day. I'm like, sure, go ahead. What do you need it for? And they're like, well, $50 bet is going to move the entire NASCAR head-to-head -head markets at all the PPHs. So it certainly happens. And this was only a couple years ago. If there's books that others are known to copy, then you can bet there's going to be some sort of 
manipulation at lower limits always. Yeah, this was a tweet from a friend of ours, but five dimes actually was instrumental in the originating of a lot of these lower level markets. Oh, yeah. And uh, since that kind of site you know, disappeared, it's been a lot difficult, a lot more difficult for these smaller markets to come up as fast. So five dimes, man, a trailblazer of the industry. It sure was. Um, Rob, what do you think about touts giving out liens or opinions where, like, you know, this guy says, in my mind, it's incredibly irresponsible since their clients will go bet them with real money while the seller isn't even willing to put their money or the play in their record? It's a good question. It depends on whether the seller is willing to put the play on the record or not. So if the seller puts a lien out there and then doesn't include in the record, win or lose, I feel like, to, to be honest, to the answer this question, I actually prefer they do this. I agree. I, because I, 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 we do this on Forward Progress, Wednesday, best bets every single week. Me, Suma, Hitman, Eager. You have to. Like, it, it should be encouraged. You're not, you're not, you have to be authentic with your audience. If you like one side of the game, but you don't like them enough to bet them, it's a lean. But what you got to do, and what we strive to do, Hitman actually does a really good job of this every single week, is he gives out the price that he would play it at. He'd be like, you know, I lean to the Lions, but I need a minus three, minus 115 in order to bet that. That's my target price. That's what more people should do because then it becomes like actionable for people. But at the end of the day, you can't just sit there and be like, oh, I have no opinion on the game when you do. You you like one side. It's you just don't range, like them enough, enough to, bet it. to bet them. So if you had to pick, you'd pick that side. Of course. Now, there is, there is a, a general problem, but it, at, at the end of the day, the onus does at some point have to fall on the actual better and not the content creator. The content creator is not clicking the bet button. At some point or another, the tout, whoever it is, they can say, I lean this way. It's not good enough to bet. Someone goes and then bets that because Suma liked it or Hitman liked it or whoever released that or you know whichever tout said it. The onus has to fall on the better at some point. You're responsible for your own money one way or another. It's the issue that I have. And we used to laugh at this. Like when we first started BetStamp years ago, right? And we were tracking when people they victory in the, lap the, the the When you victory yeah, lap a lean, that is ignorant. And frankly, like I have zero respect. Yeah, you cannot be Vic lapping a lean. You, the, the, End of story. It's embarrassing to say, oh, yeah, I lean. I hope you guys bet. I hope you guys listen to me with what? The lean that you didn't bet yourself and you're hoping everyone else went out and bet that? Like, that is embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So that was that was it for the questions. We actually had we had a few more questions came that came in uh, in regards to like betting partnerships, different accounts you can get kind of like, um, you know, asking about different crossing between professional groups and sharp groups. I just want to let everyone know who asked a question on that. We've compiled those questions. We're actually saving those for a really big banger future episode where we're going to actually bangers. go, we're actually going to go into more detail on all that stuff. So if your question didn't get answered this week in regards to one of those topics, chill out. We will answer it on a future episode. Before we close off the show, we do have the staple positive and negative EV plays of the week. I've already done enough rants on this episode, so I'll try to keep these light. I think I have a couple okay, good ones okay, here. here I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something Go ahead. quickly. Someone wants to know the preparation that goes into this show. <laughs> First question. <laughs> it's getting your positive and negative EVs. I, didn't, I did not prepare a plus <laughs> no. EV and negative EV this week. 
You could skip yours for this week. It's, it's, I really wanted to film something. I've, I teased this before that there's going to be a video accompaniment for something. We didn't get around to filming what I needed to film oh, yeah. to accompany this. At some point we will, but I got nothing. Like, okay, we'll uh, skip you for this week. Don't worry. Everyone gets a week off. Yeah. I was going to just trigger you and say minus EV is betting on like celebrity influencer <laughs> yeah, boxing that's, fights, that's, but it's actually not it's, even it minus is positive EV. EV. So I was going to say it's not even minus it's EV. It's just negative health EV to get <laughs> deal with these stupid ass losses. Um, all right, <laughs> Phil, you got anything? Uh, yeah. Um, negative EV to go to an arena or for like a sporting event and not eat prior to going. And then have to get the, the stadium then, food. Yeah. yeah. What about box seating? No, box, Xbox, box, Xbox seating. Box seating's fine yeah. to eat the food there. Oh, if you're oh, going yeah, in a yeah, box yeah, yeah. with all, all yeah. you can eat, you gotta, you gotta not eat before then. Otherwise. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's so you're saying fine. in that's seats fine. Sorry, at in the seat. stadium. Yeah. No doubt. Good move. Yeah, because uh, um, this past Saturday I went to the Leafs game and was just like busy leading up to it and hungover and then just hadn't eaten. I got there and I was like, oh no, I need to eat. Bad. That's just bad. Like, You're getting an eleven dollar pepperoni slice, man. I'll yeah, go as far. I'll I'll double down on Zach's over here. Was that a minus EV or a plus EV? You just spun minus it one EV. way. Minus EV. Minus EV. My, so I'll continue with the minus EV. The minus EV is if you're at a sporting event and you go up to buy a drink and not buying two at the same time. Like, do not go to a sporting That's event and go wait in the line to only get one drink, like a complete, like no one is only drinking one drink at a sporting event. You are 100% going back. So you might as well just get two in the first shot. Okay. Yeah. I, I've done that multiple times. That's, that's a good move, especially a, getting it for a buddy. But I will say they've been limiting people. Uh, there's restrictions. They, <laughs> they limit more than yeah. the recreational sports. They've been season. limiting people. Um, I have a positive EV <laughs> and it's kind of funny that you like had brought this up, but it's getting a box to a sporting event this Saturday. One of our buddies, uh, he plays, uh, in the AHL, they're coming to town to play against the Marlies Saturday night. So we got a box for 24 people. We're getting all of our buddies to come out and go into the game. And it costs just as much per person to go to the game as it would be to go and just sit in the seats. And now we're all going to be in a box together and then we're yeah. going to go out Saturday night. That's value. It, it costs the same amount because yeah. they're going to fleece you on the food. Well, it, talk, it costs yeah. the same amount <laughs> for, for probably for the Marlies. For the Leafs, it would be more expensive. Yeah. Correct. Versus yes. like a up There's going to be a spending sure. minimum on the food. and well, yeah. Not that it's a problem. You're going to eat and whatever but it's in also the box. Like we're going to no, get 20 Being all together is together. the value. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with that. All right. So I got a negative EV move. This one, I noticed a few. A few times actually over the past week pissed me right off every time all right negative ev move is if you squeeze into an elevator when it's already basically full and you're the last guy oh, oh uh, yeah is there room for one more you squeeze in buddy get the next elevator what are you doing it's already crowded enough in here and if, if you're just for what save an extra 30 seconds bro what and heaven forbid that elevator gets stuck now you're in there stuck elevator 11 people in the elevator dude stay out get the next elevator it's gonna be okay you're gonna get up there if it's crowded just stay out that's the that's absolute biggest negative ev move this, this is just like common courtesy it's human decency that if the elevator door opens and it's already jammed you just wait you move yeah. on like yeah. and if you have a stroller or a dog oh my god fuck out of here <laughs> Serious? No, you gotta believe that. I don't even want. To, I don't. But maybe not. Maybe no, not. no, no. What, what? What do you have? Listen, everybody's got. We're all. We're all in this together. We're all in this together, man. That that you gotta make triggering. other people comfortable. It depends on the like. You know, you just don't do that type of stuff. Don't squeeze it. I, I'm. I'm with you on this one, because 
elevator experiences for a lot of people are not good in the first place. And when you are jammed in there and you're shoulder to shoulder, no bueno. Okay. And then I got a positive EV move here. Now, it really is going to depend on the type of plane you're in. I cannot stress this enough. When flying in a plane, you're going to want to board as close to last as possible. Yes. There's people lining up to board first zones. It fucking, this drives me insane. Just so they can get a carry-on spot above their head for their thing. If the plane is a massive plane, there's carry-on room for everyone. Yes. So chill if you can get it. If you're on a small plane, you kind of got to hurry in because then you might have to check your carry-on. Honestly, that I think that's actually a pro move. What? It depends on the type of plane too, but if it's one of those where you just check it and then they just bring it out to you. Oh, if it's a check and bring oh, it out oh, on the plane, like easy, you do that easy. Every, every if time. If it's coming on baggage carousel no, 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 though and you have to risk losing the luggage, I would say you don't you don't want that. You, you want to store that. it up top. Yeah. However, if you know, or if you've already checked bags and, you, and you're not checking, by the way, who checks a bag and brings the carry-on? Like, I know, I know, but like, just yeah. check the carry-on too. It, well, what, well. what, like, what are the odds they lose both those? You should put something in like your backpack that what? you bring. Yeah. What are you going to bring? Just like one well, change of clothes or something. Yeah, yeah. Are you I've just, just going to buy new clothes anyway? Paramutandis or something, you if, know? If you lose your big luggage, you're buying clothes anyways. Also, who's traveling carry-on and luggage? Actually, now that we mentioned, I haven't done that ever in my life. I don't do that. No. I don't think I've ever done that. So we're, we're actually, that's nonsense. No, the only thing I was going to say with Rob's point is like uh, my family every year used to go away to like Dominican or something like that throw a bathing suit and a t-shirt in the backpack. Because then if you get there and anything happens, at bare minimum, I don't have to wear like the sweatpants that I wore on the plane, right? Yeah. Then you have something to go and fair, do. Fair, yeah. fair, that's, that's, no, that's there, fair. There's actually nothing that bothers me more than air travel. Like it's it's the whole I system. I'm to get that private jet. I've been saying this The whole <laughs> system is broken. Dude, all you have to do if you're like the flight attendant or whatever is just make an announcement and tell people to stay seated until their zone gets called. It's not. Why is this such a fucking zoo? As soon as they start calling, it just becomes a disaster. Then you're talking to people in front of you like, hey, what zone are you in? What do you what do? You do? It's like, oh, I've never done that. It's a disaster. But I almost want to board like last. I want to board I love so late. Last. I want to board so late that they have to call my name over the intercom <laughs> and say, is this guy still here? And then I go to the front and then board. And they're like, oh, we almost left without you. That's how late I want to board this plane. So I get the least amount of time sitting on my seat in the plane. Yes. So a lot of the short haul flights to like Boston, New York, Montreal, Montreal, whatever, are usually smaller planes, right? So if I get that announcement, it's a small plane, we can't fit all the, the carry-ons, whatever, I go to the desk right away and I'm like, is the carry-on coming out on the carousel or am I giving the carry-on when I, if I'm giving the carry-on when I go down, I take the, I pull that move every time and Easy. I wait till the absolute last minute to board that plane. Easy. Absolute last minute, I board the plane, I give a high five to Whit Merrifield on the way by. <laughs> That actually did happen on the last plane I was on. He had no fucking clue what was going on. I'm like, hey, wait. Give him a high five as I walked by. And then the season went down the drain for him right after yeah, that. But I, I, I think that is uh, just a, an overall positive EV move is to just board the plane last and not stress over that. Like, I don't see how you would ever want to spend extra time on the plane while the plane is not, whilst the plane is not moving. I'm with you, man. Just doesn't make much sense to me. So there you go. Board late and... If their elevator comes and it's already full, don't get in. Wait for the next one. It's going to be all right. You're going to get there on time. Yeah. And same with the plane. 
Why are you boarding so fast? It's going to be all right. You're going to get on the plane. They don't leave without is you. just don't we, be we, in a rush. We could just, just do a whole episode on air travel. Just chill out. There's it's a good. lot of things that bother it's gonna me. It's going to be okay. Yeah, the, no, the, we got to get the private, man. Private jet is an... I've, I've never... Dude, when you, when you land and like that, everyone's waiting for that seatbelt sign to go off. The people who are like flying up the aisles, like trying to get out ahead. It's like, there's, there's a way this works. There's a system. It's been the same system forever. You're at the back of the plane. You got to fucking wait to get off the plane at the end. It's going to take everyone two minutes to get off. Just relax. That's a disaster. The people who wear shorts on the plane that are sitting next to you, it's like, I don't want to see those shorts riding up for the entirety of the plane. Like, put on some pants. The plane's cold anyways, for the most part. Another pro tip, you got to wear a zip up. On Bring a zip up with you. These yeah. people who are in their seats trying to take the sweater off over their head, they're elbowing, elbowing you. Like, this is, our, this is barbaric barbaric behavior do not allow this to happen to you wear a zip up on a plane yeah that that's fair enough and when when though at the end of the planes by the way like let's say you're in like the aisle seat and there's people middle window beside you and there's still like crowds of people taking on the thing they're like oh we're, we're almost up next like buddy i know we're almost up next yeah. i'm gonna get up when i can get up and walk away i'm not gonna stand up crouch my head under the thing so then you probably stand up like Zach's doing it now. Like I'm going to stand. I'll, I'll get up. I'll yeah. get up. And you know what else is even hilarious? Like, even if I wait for that guy to go to that, like to literally, if I'm holding up the whole thing while this guy grabs his thing, walks away, I'm still going to catch him walking in the plane. I'm not holding up anything. Chill out, everybody. We're going to get there. Uh, another, mi- oh, okay, I, go, I didn't prepare. Go, go. Another. Good. I'm glad. Here's I'm another glad minus EV move. Okay. If you are going to watch a movie on a plane and you're with strangers... Volume up all the way. Well, no. If you're picking (laughs) on a thing, you got to search beforehand to see if there's any hardcore nudity in the movie. Why? Because if you're there and you're sitting in a seat and you're the guy that's watching something that basically looks like hardcore porn, you're going to get a lot of looks and it's going to be real uncomfortable. I've learned this the hard way before. So you got to know... They shouldn't allow this, by the way. Like, listen, I'm not... I'm not... I'm not a prude or anything like that. I get it. This is the times or, or whatever. But they should at least give you a warning when the movie starts. Like this movie contains nudity or something like that. So you're not just watching and all of a sudden there's like some sex scene happening. Person next to you is like looking over at you like you're at, you got some kids behind you. Like give people a warning on this stuff. I don't understand air travel. I, this stuff could be fixed so easily. So easy. My friend Joe works at the Pearson Airport. I give them shit about this all the time. What an absolute disaster. The only way way is we got to get the private. All right, everyone, please subscribe so we can get the private jet. (laughs) We got to pay Zach too. We got to pay Zach, Zach, but also please like and subscribe. Share this episode with your friends if you got any uh, value out of it. Or even if you didn't, send it to the guy you hate and be like, yo, check this out. Make him waste his whole time. (laughs) Be like, check this out and listen to the end of the episode. Make him waste an hour and a half and just be like, send it to a guy you don't even like. Anyway, if you hated this episode, send it to that guy. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. See you all next week.